The cool thing about doing a podcast with you is that you have an amazing radio voice. Ambitious. Where's my tea? <laughs> what should we call this episode? How do we call it? ADH Dad. ADH Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but what if I'm not ADHD? <sighs> I mean, let's take a test. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you are. You know, it's funny. When I grew up as a kid, you know, there was a lot of derogatory things that were said about any anybody that was had anything. You know, Mental all, illness. Whatever. Yeah. We all had something to say about, you know, and tease and bullying and it was just kind of the norm and all that kind of stuff. But uh, as, as I've gotten older and, and you know, we've learned more and more about all these things, ADHD and stuff, all of a sudden you can look back through your life and say, gosh, you know, this is what this person was struggling with. And that's what that person was struggling with. And this is what this person was struggling with. And then we're all on the spectrum of some, <laughs> something somehow. And, and yeah, so it's so true. Yeah. And we just have to own up to it or, or, uh, it is kind of a spectrum though. You're right. Mm-hmm. People have it to a different degree than others. What is it like for you? I don't know. I don't know. That's the whole thing is, but I've noticed for other people, I think that person is definitely operating on a different scale of things than I am um, in one way or another, whether that be, you know, they, their brain fires faster. They're able to analyze things quicker. They're able to put their thoughts better together faster, just different things like that. You know, and you think what, what does life feel like for them? Yeah. And what does life feel like for them? What does life feel like for me? Like and you almost have to start what, with yourself. And what does life feel like for me? And how how misinterpreted is that by everyone else? Well, people, there's also a different version of yourself inside the brain of every single person that you meet. <laughs> because nobody is going to interpret you the same way that exactly. you interpret yourself. And so exactly. it almost doesn't even matter what life is like for anybody else. It's just, well, yeah. what is the version of myself that I want to manifest into the world and people can accept it or not people are gonna always judge and hate you just mm-hmm. like just like if you get a tattoo there's not going to be a hundred percent opinion that's across the board the same i guess that's that's struck another thing with me i just also just watching people eventually you get to where you the person the the tr- person that a the manifestation of a person that they portray, um, it just becomes easier and easier to uh, latch on and, and appreciate those who are true and honest in all things and not portraying themselves as something that are not really or covering so things like up. So like a person who is consistently themselves all the time. Yeah, and is, is a good person. It's predictable. Or, or just kind and generous and 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 a good person right. through and through, not just on Giving some you levels the... or in a certain place or outside of the home or you know at work or whatever, but mm-hmm. all the time. And and when yeah. you run across those people, man, I love people like you that. Can, you can see it, and and it's just wonderful. I love people like that, but I have compassion for the people that aren't the people that are. Well, sure, give you a version of themselves that they think that you want to see. Mm-hmm. But so tell me, but as then far... you can put them at ease by letting them know that you see them, see uh, them, yeah, yeah, who they are. Totally, they, they can be themselves, and they don't have to fear being around you. You will not 
you'll that's protect, been you'll, you'll hold you know you'll protect them true one of my biggest challenges growing up has been to let go of trying to live and this is gonna be hard to explain but i always lived in a way that uh, it, oh man this is hard to the way that I thought that you thought that I should live, mm-hmm. like if that makes sense, I was trying sure. to live up to an expectation of what other people were. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know if that makes sense. That's no, super I, hard for I, me to explain. Totally makes sense. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I was in Boy Scouts, and and my dad was a big Boy Scouter, but I was not a huge Boy Scouter, but I was for my dad, and I achieved all kinds of things in Boy Scouts. But I remember thinking, I'm doing this all for my dad. Oh, yeah. You know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but everybody gets into the teen years and kind of gets into a rebellious phase and starts to begin to figure themselves out, you know. and True. And the sooner people can figure themselves out and have their own voice and, and know that and understand that they're living their life true to themselves and true for themselves and yeah. the purpose, the better. But some people don't, I don't think, do that until... <laughs> way maybe, later maybe never i'm and, such a late bloomer so so many personalities you, you you meet people all the time that you just I, I just sometimes i say gosh that particular part of their personality never really developed did it there's still yeah. 17 in that you know or something when you had when you started having kids did you l- start looking around the world and just think like gosh everybody is just babies Every, we all we're, we're all just babies that when got I started bigger having kids yeah like did it change your perspe- perception of human humanity No, I, I don't know. I, I, I was just in the thick of it. I've heard, know? like like Joe Rogan talks about that. He's like, when I had started having kids, I started viewing all humans just as babies. And we're all just trying to figure it out. It's all so confusing. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Well, yeah. But you're just too in I, the I, thick of it. You're just yeah, busy, busy, busy. I was just thinking about it the other day. I thought, you know, thinking back on my life and, um, you know, with six kids and a dad providing for a family with a mom that's full-time mother and taking care of those kids all the time. Yeah. Um, it was just my, my quest, my purpose, just providing all the time doing whatever I had to do. And it's always worked out thankfully. And that's wonderful. But, um, I look back and I just, I just thought, gosh, there's so much, uh, so much we always think we could do differently and this and that. But I, I was so, young and so idealistic and so focused that to me i have no regrets in it i just look back and i think i couldn't i was doing my best i couldn't have done any better right i was just always doing my best you know and then we make mistakes and we do different things and and you know in our lives and and that we have to deal with all those things but and we look back and think i i mean i guess i've i've had a lot of cause to reflect back with my kids and things lately that think what could I have done differently but I don't know what what would we do differently as a, right what you know, could you have done <laughs> if you you were what you were the parent that I mean, you were you're, you're we we make choices in our lives all the time every single moment every moment so every moment I had a prompting or something to do something maybe a little bit better I made a choice in that moment to not do that but to do what i did right and so i have to live with that yeah and, and that's just the way life is that's but part of being alive but but you don't but then you can learn from all those and I, now i'm just realizing that rather than look back 
just look forward with that perspective and say, okay, what can I do better this in, when I get into these situations yeah. then, you know, from yeah. now on to affect things in a more positive way that I didn't know how to do when I was younger because I was yeah. too weak in my decision-making process or whatever. Sure. Um, so going back to anxiety, what would you say that your biggest struggle is with having ADD or if you don't just having anxiety? Hmm. Um, for me personally, for you personally, oh, I, I, I put just, that microphone a little closer to you. Oh, sorry. Okay. I just think maybe for me, it's always been maybe a, a self-worth thing, mm. you know, a fear of what uh-huh. others think or, um, you know, those kinds of things. So I, I'm right there with you. I consequently just hold my cards close to my chest and I don't, I, I don't divulge a lot of stuff stuff about myself and yet I'm more than willing to take on anything from anybody else but but Mm -hmm. I'm very reluctant to um, put myself out there so anxiety to do something like this or to do anything new or things and then you you develop a bit of a perfectionism type personality in in that and you deal with that and then so but again in life you you grow away from a lot of those things i ma Kay and i um your wife yeah my wife your mother yes <laughs> i was always more the ocd type person in our relationship and you drive her crazy and i'm you know yeah, lining yeah. things up or doing this or all this well i'm trying now in my life to throw a lot of that out and just say purposefully don't worry about all these things or setting all this thing up or having this thing perfect or whatever. But Mm. mom, on the other hand, is getting more so that way. It's like we're switching roles and I'm letting go of all those OCD things and she's grabbing on to them more. (laughs) And it's funny that we laugh about it a lot, I think, because she knows, you know, we'll recognize things that I'll do that or that she does now that I used to do but don't or, you know, we're just kind of... Like Do you feel like that helps you guys understand each other a little better, Very though? Very much so, yeah. Quick story. When I was in the airport with Jeremy going to Vegas, mm-hmm. I'm a bit like you in, in certain aspects of the perfectionism thing. I like to have my I's dotted and my T's crossed, and I want to know, like, okay, is my carry-on paid for? What seat am I sitting in? Is my pass loaded on my phone? And Jeremy's like, Oh, dude, I didn't even pay for a carry-on for you. <laughs> He's like, oh, and I should I should pick your seat for you. Let me let me go back out of security and go to the front desk and pay for your like pick your seat for you. I was like, no, dude, don't go past out of security. We have we were supposed to board three minutes ago. Right. But he goes out of security, leaves <laughs> me there, and then he comes back through security. Somehow makes it back we're waiting for the plane and then the people are like okay we're going to come around and check to make sure your carry-ons are paid for and jeremy's like oh shit i forgot to pay for your carry-on but i got your seat i was like dude i was having so much anxiety <laughs> but you know what it's, yeah that's just like great... letting go he's yeah. just like in the chaos yeah so some people just live in that way some people like you and i we live more in as i just was thinking about it organization in, world. in the thought 
processes of, of pre-thinking everything. We pre-do everything in our minds. You know, you think, try to think of everything. And then yeah. if you forget something, then you kick yourself like crazy because you went over your list so many times or whatever. Right. Or some people just never bother with the list and just deal with it. And, <laughs> I can't. And, I, yeah. But. It was liberating, though, to, to sit in that uncomfortable space and just be like, okay, like. This happens probably every day. Exactly. It's going to be fine. That was my word. I'm going to get on the plane. Yep. <laughs> it might exactly. cost me 50 bucks, but I'm going to get on the plane. And, and, and that's exactly it's what like I let think. go of the control. Yep, you just let go and you just think, they deal with this type of stuff every single day. There's people that don't do it. Or there's people that purposefully don't check their bags till the last second. And then they have some system of getting it on board or under the plane where they want or right. first or last, you know, all, all kinds of things. People but man, I, it must be an ADD thing because, or maybe it's not because a lot of people with ADHD really struggle with organization and they feel they're like all over the place. Yeah. But oh, man, I would say one of my biggest struggles with having ADD or anxiety, whatever you want to call it is, is struggling with listening. Yeah. If a conversation or a task isn't challenging or interesting or novel, I'm checked out. Yeah. And you're I, thinking of something else and then somebody asks you a question, you're like, yeah, or, or I interrupt or, yeah, because I'm just not, I'm not stimulated <laughs> enough. So I started taking Adderall, which is an amphetamine, which gave me that internal stimulation that I was looking for, but that came with this, its own set of um, side effects and consequences that I've chosen to now leave behind i've actually stopped drinking coffee as well just getting rid of stimulants Stimulants, yeah because i i want to so exercise has been helping a lot morning routine anyway i'm kind of getting down a rabbit hole a little bit yeah it's 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 interesting living in a community like i uh, work in in ashland that is very much into there's so many aspects of the community into so many of those things. And I, I, in a public place and I see people coming in all the time from their Pilates or their yoga or from this and that, or on their way to a certain eating spot that, you know, and all yeah. those certain foods. And, and it's just amazing how much discipline some people have in their lives to just cut out all excess or all yeah. evil or all stimulants or all whatever they're going to choose to, you know, they just moderate and moderate and moderate until they become, yeah, you know, zero body fat, PhD. <laughs> you can swing hard to the other side. It's like, oh, yeah. Now I'm gonna go. Now I'm gonna be determined and cut out all the bad things in my life. But then they swing super hard to the extreme of. And then you're like, boy, I don't ever go to extremes like that. No, you don't want to no, look no. like that, or you don't want to. Yeah. But in a world where it's pushing extreme thinking, yeah. it's hard to find a balance. Yeah. True. Can I ask you about your 33-year-long marriage? Yeah. Tell me, like, what's worked and what hasn't? How have you managed to keep a marriage alive for that long? Um, well, I started out as a... I think I've always been a hopeless romantic. Mm-hmm. So I was the kind of guy that loved to have the perfect dates and bring the flowers or bring whatever, or set something up or, I don't know, that kind of thing. But... Um, and then when we got married, I just, I mean, I came from a big family and I didn't necessarily want a massive, ma- want a massive family, but a number of kids. Cause I, just, I grew up with a bunch of kids and it was fun. We were all, you know, it's your best friends and stuff mm-hmm. and you're they're always there. And if you 
let it be, I suppose. A lot. Of, I once I got older, <laughs> I grew up with four sisters, and basically. Uh, when I uh, my parents' older family, I had a few younger kids later on, but because uh, you're the oldest of ten, not ten. Yeah, <laughs> oldest living. My parents' first child passed away at birth, so uh, down day one. So a couple right. of years later, I came along and grew up the oldest. Otherwise, I would have had a brother. But I was going to say, when I got older and went into other my cousins' homes and things like that, where there's all all boys and things, I was like. Man, I'm glad I don't come from a house like this because they were just <laughs> beating on each other and and just relentless teasing and all kinds of things. And I was like, golly, yeah. I had it pretty good just being the oldest of three sisters that I could just dote on and play with. And it comes with its own good, set of challenges, though I'm sure. Time, yeah. But what's that like being the oldest of, with so many sisters? Like, what, what what did you actually like about that, as opposed to seeing your friends that had brothers? Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I never, I've always been just the kind of a person that just rolls with the punches and just goes with the flow. And so I didn't know any different. Um, but it was just, we had a great time. My sisters did their thing and I kind of played along with them. I'm a little older than all of them. The next closest one is four years younger than me. And then each of them were two years after that. So four, six, gotcha. eight, and 10 years younger than me. Um, but we just had a blast. I mean, I was the babysitter, being the oldest, and so when my parents went out on Friday night, we or Saturday night, and Mom had the girls all their hair curlers in and everything for Sunday or whatever, everybody in their PGAs, and we'd go out and play in the field and get all dirty and get grass and stuff all over the place and then know about when they'd come home and run in the house and clean everything up and jump in bed. And, and we just had a blast, and we have so many great memories from those date nights of my parents so it know? seems like it was just more like less beating on each other which probably would yeah i mean most of my memory right. yeah most yeah no beating plenty of teasing i was a big tease but i i one sister who got around it she just just dis, disregarded me shut down yeah and so it was like your teasing doesn't that was no you. fun <laughs> so yeah you gotta get like, a reaction move on to a different sister <laughs> Ah, yes. Uh, I know where I got the teasing from so then. Teasing. I am such... I have to find a... I have to be careful. Not take it too far, the teasing. Yeah. That's... Yeah. You want that reaction. It's no fun if you're not getting it. Anyway, continue That's with so what you were saying. Growing up with them was great. And then by the time I was a little older, and most of my memories are from those, you know, 12, 13, 14 year age. And then you kind of start getting into cars and dating and different things and you never see your siblings much anymore or your parents and you just kind of slip into this selfishness and for a few years until you like maybe joe rogan said you have kids and all of a sudden you realize that everybody's babies everybody's babies yeah and you're all and then you just try to figure it out and do your best as you're going along so as a father you mentioned there's six of us what has been your most difficult challenge as a father? Like you said, there's things you would have done differently looking back. You know, it's funny. I guess the, the most difficult thing for me is when my kids no longer find my... Joke's funny? Uh, no, my... <laughs> 
points of view valid or, or something like that, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. So usually it hits when the, when the person's a teenager and they think that they know everything all of a sudden and this and that. And I remember with our sixth son, the only one that's home still, he's just turned 15. And, and every day when I'd come home when he was 10, 11, 12, I'd open the door and he'd, Dad! Yeah. And it just melts your heart you just and but yeah. you know it's not going to last very much longer so pretty soon i'd come home and i'd just say dyson when i started started not getting it yeah. as much you know and so then i started and about that time i started telling him promise me you'll you'll always remember how much i love you you'll always remember these days and mm. and on and on and on oh yeah yeah well a couple of years later now he's at the point where it's just like dad you're an idiot you don't really know. You have no idea. And you're such a sentimental every, guy. That's every, probably so painful. Yeah. And it's just, so that for me is the hardest thing is when that period of time between 15 and 25, when your kids pull away before they come back to appreciate you and tell you kind things again and yeah, and different stuff like that, you know, but I remember doing the same thing though. I remember having all kinds of problems with, with rules and my parents and everything that they did. And then, leaving in my case going halfway around the world on a mission for the church and and turn right around and writing my dad some really sentimental letters about man i just really appreciate you now i just all those things you told me are now i'm in the trenches and i realize why you told me that yeah you know, and now i've got to figure everything out for myself and gain my own footing and <laughs> think for myself and not just borrow your car and run around and have a good time all the time and that's getting serious <laughs> tell me about your your mission halfway around the world um it's it's in place an area where i always wanted to go in the germany switzerland austria i just the pictures when i was a kid of switzerland just were idyllic to me and coming from a just beautiful little town in ashland i just thought you got to find something more beautiful than this because it's hard to do because it's just to me this is such a beautiful area mm-hmm. and uh and and so i ended up in germany which is n- not quite the same as down in switzerland and maybe austria, austria but especially in the area where i was at but still very beautiful and the first city i was at was a huge tourist town called uh, heidelberg and they've got a big medieval castle on the side of the hill and mm-hmm. and uh, uh cathedral in the middle of town down below with the pedestrian you know cobblestone streets and you can go in there at noon and listen to them practice the organ and it's, it sounds incredible in those those gothic cathedrals and so you're really into the, like old history yeah, the, just, the co- well, yeah. architecture and structure i love that stuff yeah that's yeah. why i loved our trip to new york you know just going around so and seeing all that architecture and all i wanted to do is listen to frank sinatra <laughs> just walk around <laughs> just, central park i just remember walking into that apartment and looking out that window and i was just like oh Whoa. my gosh i've never seen a view of a city like this in the heart of the city <laughs> so cool oh, it was incredible beautiful yeah you soak that stuff up you're just like really into learning and educating so speaking of that what what kind of things did you learn about yourself when you're in germany like that's kind of a um really growing time in your life when you grow up in in a a pretty orthodox religion and things and then you go out to teach people about it you, you don't realize i mean you think you know a lot but you get out there and you realize you don't know hardly anything but 
more times than not, I knew some a little bit more than a lot of the people on the streets that I talked to. And so it gave me, it, it in turn instilled in me a confidence in myself that I'd never mm. had. I was able to gain a voice uh, somewhat, which is important for me because I'm, I'm a quiet guy. I'm not really a, you don't find me speaking up first or, or very frequently in a crowd. But once I get going <laughs> like this, I, I don't, can't be stopped. Yeah, I can't be stopped, but, um, but I'm, I'm quiet. And so it was good to gain a voice. I want to ask you a few questions confidence. about your, about your confidence and your voice, because I have noticed that I'm 32 years old. I've really started to step into a version of myself that I've always wanted to be the version that existed in reality, the confident version. Mm-hmm. And that confident version has really helped me to deal and drown out my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that to be true for you? Like what has confidence helped you? How has confidence helped you in your life? Confidence for me has probably been a, a coping mechanism for anything else. Like mm. I think what you're saying, how you, you get, have confidence and it helps you overpower your fears. Mm. And so, yeah. um, you know, when kind of I, drowns I, it I, out. I've noticed when I've gained confidence, I am able to do that more. When I lose confidence, it's you know you get overwhelmed and 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 then that can happen from health. That can happen with uh, struggles in a marriage when your marriage isn't going well for a while. If something happens and you got to work through a difficult issue, um, it, you, you lose a lot of self-confidence you see people you know it's when people break up and different things they go from 220 pounds down to 157 pounds you know because they just yeah i don't think that coping is always a bad thing i think that there are healthy coping mechanisms i think that when you start to use unhealthy safety mechanisms that's when you kind of run into trouble Mm -hmm. but like a healthy distraction healthy coping mechanism i don't think that confidence necessarily unless you're going to the extreme like we talked about before i don't think that confidence is going to be a bad thing Hmm. i suppose it could but like if i'm feeling overwhelmed or sad about something i go to work and i do some work and i feel healthily distracted for a moment from that pain and then i'll come back and address it after i'm done with my job yeah i don't think the confidence becomes a problem until it becomes selfishness oh yeah until it becomes over yeah takes off of your own self and starts being overbearing on someone another individual's rights or i can see how confidence could feed into selfishness for sure how do you how do you keep it from feeding into that or from turning into selfishness I don't know. I think we all probably do it, but we, it's whether or not we recognize it and, and check it and, and, you know, fix something and, and you know, we can do that on our own or we can do it when we slam into a wall and have to fix it, you know? Yeah. When you were mentioning earlier that you keep your cards really close mm-hmm. to you because of anxiety or whatever, I feel like I am the opposite. I wear my cards yeah. out of my, my emotions on my sleeve. I'm very open. I yeah. have this podcast. I share 
I feel like that's an area that you and I are different. Very different. Um, we share a lot of the same perfectionism things, but opposites when it comes to vulnerability. And I wonder why that is. I don't think that one's better than the other, but I, no. I just noticed such a difference. I know it had a, it had a bearing on our relationship when you were in your teens, you mm. know, things like that. I don't know if it's just because we were so much opposite in that. I couldn't understand why you, you know, and maybe I wanted you to be a certain way instead of be my way. Or, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I think that's common for parents. Idealistic. You just teach what you know, I suppose. And it's, it's hard. It's more difficult to be a pa- the parent that just looks into the the individual and and lets them be and helps them grow, even though it's different than them, you know. And <laughs> how did you deal with that? Like with me being I don't different, know. how did you I, learn I, to I accept? I made a lot of mistakes, and I just remember going down into your room and and having to humble myself after a frustration, frustrating incident, and then just going upstairs. Fortunately for me, I have a dad that taught me to just fix things immediately, address it immediately. Mm. And so I'll always go up, think about something for a minute, and then just turn around and soften my heart and go into the individual and just work it out. So tell me what you would do. Like, how would you distract yourself from your anger, being frustrated with me? It's easy to me with with family because you love them so much. With the child, it's just an incredible love. With a spouse, it it should be the same. Yeah. But I just would think, what's really important here, you know? Yeah. Just humble myself, go down, lay on your bed, talk to you, and just say, man, I'm really sorry. I just... You made me just cry. trying to understand. <laughs> I did that with Dyson the other day. We had a pretty heated argument, and then I just talked to mom. I said, I need some counsel, counselor. You know, we're counselors together, and just give me some counsel on this. And she shared some insights of her own, and then I just went right back and, in this case, texted Dyson and said, man, I, above all, I love you, and um, I'm trying to f- understand all this. Yeah. And... uh just give me, just have patience with me and yeah. we'll figure it out. But really, I appreciate most of all, I just really appreciate you talking to me. And, and, and that's amazing. I think that as you ask Dyson for patience in you, like it's important to remember that you should be patient with you as well. Right. Cause you're learning, you're a father of a 15 year old in 2021 for the first time. Right. You've been a father multiple times, but never to a teenager like that in this day and age. Right. And you're learning just like he's learning. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I wanted to commend you for is that you would come down and apologize. That's all that a kid wants is just for a parent to say, hey, I screwed up. I'm sorry. This is what I did wrong. Yeah. Most parents have this layer of pride. That, like, I'm the parent. I don't mess up. You need to listen to me even if I mess up. And I'm not going to admit to you that I messed up. Yeah. So a parent then can admit that. I really appreciate. Um, (sighs) (laughs) So thanks. I appreciate it. I also appreciate you coming to all my track meets. You're always so supportive of that. Um, Mm, That's an emotional thing. Watching your kids (laughs) compete. Oh my God. I'm trying to pull out of this emotional (laughs) section of the podcast. How's your German? How's your German? Are you you still speaking your German? Oh, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to speak it here. <laughs> well, you said Heidelberg pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I have occasion to talk German sometimes. There's people that come from all over the world to Ashland, and people that speak German will wander in, and and sometimes I'll just say something back to them, and they'll, oh, 
you know, speak German. Yeah. And we'll go back and forth and, and they'll Good rattle on and I'll just keep up as best I can and say yeah. a few words that I remember. And it's, it's slipped a lot. Yeah. That's nah, a perishable uh, skill. Yeah. And German's hard. It's aggressive. It's <laughs> bold and in your face. Speaking of bold and in your face, what are some of your ambitions that you're working on? This the, the title of this podcast is ambitious. So tell me, mm-hmm. in what ways in your life are you being bold and ambitious? And ah, oh, that's a I hate that kind of question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's the kind of questions I didn't want. <laughs> this one gives me the most anxiety. I yeah, cope for a I'm second not, and then answer I'm, the question. I'm, I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. I always have been, much to my wife's chagrin, because when we travel, we just. I just, oh, let's just go. We just go. And she's oh, we like, don't need to eat anything. Let's like, just keep. But we got to have all these things packed. And I said, we'll just get it on our way, you know. And See, that's fact, where you aren't a perfectionist. Uh, let's just go and explore. And, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because of a lack of time when I just never knew exactly when I would be, when I, in, in business, when I grew up that I was doing, basically we'd just be go, go, go until we weren't. And then it was like, I'd say, oh. It's time to take a week off. Let's go. Because you grew up as a welder. Yeah. And so it'd be a first job or whatever. Spur of the moment. Let's just, let's go to Disneyland or let's, let's, we got, let's take a week. Yeah. And because we don't have any orders, but when I get back, there'll be a bunch and there'll be work again, you know? And So you're but, kind of nose to the grind until you're not. Yeah. And then you just, you go hard and then you play hard. Yeah. You totally have ADHD. That's, <laughs> that's classic ADHD. <laughs> You hyper focus on the task until it's time to chill, and then you chill. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. So wait, what were some of those ambitions? You fly by the seat of your pants. Mm. Now that you're in your fifties, the prime of your life. My ambitions have always been other people's ambitions. I'm really good at helping other people achieve things but i'm not very good at achieving a whole lot myself <laughs> i agree with you i mean i which i love you've helped me to achieve a lot of goals you've but you've sacrificed me, so much of your life to get help me get that's what uh, brings me the most life. joy in life is just doing things for other people no matter what it is and and if i focus on so many things from of my own it just it's just day to day but when i get to do something for somebody <laughs> How how much better of a day can you have than that? And if you just do that every day, to me, it just, my life is full. Service. And I, yeah. And I just enjoy that, whether I, yeah. you know, make the bed for somebody or, or smile at somebody or go help with a move or pick pears or, you know, and then I can always take somebody with me. And usually it's one of my kids who doesn't want to go, but then you go and you get done and it's like. That was fun. That was really fun. Let's go eat some ice cream. That's right. <laughs> Gotta have that ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And I look back on those times very fondly, but man, it was early. Yeah. Well, yeah. But how else? I heard a football coach saying the other day, you know, football is so good because while other kids are just hanging out in the summer, you're doing daily doubles. Yeah. And when other people are sleeping in, you're getting up early to go to practice and all these life skills that that a person can learn, use then later on in their business life when they mm-hmm. can get up early and do the hard things when other people are sleeping and, and put in the extra mile and all that stuff. And it... So your ambition is to serve others, to wake up, to help out, to be selfless. That's, that's what I love. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that's that. what I love. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I, you know, so once in a while I get time to improve myself or take a class or do different things for a while. And, and that's good. But yeah. I'm better 
putting my wife through school or helping you guys with things. <laughs> yeah, you are really good at it. I mean, there's a lot of lessons in there for me to learn. And I appreciate your selflessness. Not a lot of people are like that. People just want to be so self-centered, focus on themselves. What can I do? How can I be better for myself? What can I, how do I put myself first today? And you're very much the opposite of that, which I really which appreciate. It's not always the case with me. And it's not even from day to day. I struggle with it like anybody else. We all do, sure. you know, and, and so sometimes you have a bad week because of, because of that. Or in my case, sometimes I, 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 I've made mistakes in my life that have cost me, uh, years in my marriage where I've had to, uh, really, work things out figure things out and well but there's an extreme in, inside of the at that ambition being yeah, selfless and serving exactly. because then well, you can really lose yourself and almost like betray yourself because you're not thinking about yourself ever right and then when you do you go too far or whatever and you you know you, i right. don't know yeah yeah uh, it's a hard balance. I'm not smart enough to figure all this out. That's another reason I hate <laughs> doing these things. <laughs> I feel so. I'm, what if I'm there no was psychologist? What if there was nothing anything. to figure out? Though there is nothing to figure out. It's just it's just talking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's just true. like yeah. I don't know. This is hard. Actually, what what's the best about this is when you are listening and you you have those little moment, those little aha moments in, about yourself. And I guess that's what I've really. That's one, been one of the best things for me because I love listening. I hate reading. I don't focus very well like that, but I love listening. I love learning. Likewise. I love you know, podcasts or, or talks or um, TED Talks or all those different things. And, and you just you go jogging, you go walking, you, you have that, that meditative time when you're just doing something and you're listening and then you have these aha moments in it and you're just like oh my gosh that just turned clicked i just turned a corner there and i yeah. just turned a corner here and then you just keep Dude. going and you never have to look back and you just keep you just keep learning better things and and you put a little chunk of the bad old self behind you and and just you're Appreciate a better person choir. i'm the same way i that's why i love to verbally connect like this to talk to people mm -hmm. connect in person because i learn so much and i have those aha moments when i'm talking and i explore another person's opinion and perspective and especially with this long form content i can explore thoroughly why you think a certain way mm -hmm. um and it's not just like a facebook post it's not an instagram post where i don't get the full context i can really explore your opinion all the way through which I feel like is the bridge between real life and social media. This kind of a platform, like a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> I love it. I'd love to just explore and I explore through conversation. You explore a different way and people without ADHD, I'm assuming, explore a different way. <laughs> they go to college. They live it. <laughs> they live it. <laughs> And we watch. Yeah. Yeah. We watch them and we listen to their podcasts. Uh, and I just talk to them. Well, thank you, Dad. I appreciate you being brave and coming on this podcast. I'll let you go so that we can go hang out with the grandkids and help Mom with whatever she's got going on. All right. I didn't want to keep you all day. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate it. I've broken my ice in the podcast ring. I guess yeah. maybe I can do it again It's someday. not too scary. Just do it in little bite-sized chunks, give people something to listen to on their way to work. All right. Ambitious.